Rock and Roll Suture Podcast. My name is Joe Simic. I'm the front man behind Destroyed Up, a music project inspired by rock and roll and yoga. If you've stumbled upon this episode by some happy accident of the internet, welcome. May I suggest that you listen to the previous episode so you are all up to speed with my latest release, a two-song EP called Shiva Shakti. In the previous episode, I played the song Shiva and broke down the lyrics for the song. In this episode, I will tackle the other song, Shakti, subtitled She Will Rise. If you really want the full story behind this podcast, head back to episode one. There you can start the journey and hear me talk about an entire album's worth of songs about yoga. But for now, we have side A and now side B, Shiva and Shakti. I wrote these two songs together because honestly, it would be a crime to write a song about Shiva and not follow it up with a song called Shakti. So let's listen to the song now, and then I'll talk about it. Here is Shakti, She Will Rise by Destroyed Up on the Rock and Roll Sutra podcast. There she sits on a cold wooden bench as an art street friend silence thick. The message it moves on up from a heart to her lips The feeling in her chest seems to suggest she must lift Herself up to her feet and shake with belief She will rise All the serpent coils but never
As you'll remember from our previous episode, Shiva is the great god of the Hindu religions. In many yoga lineages, Shiva represents the entirety of the universe, a universe made up of only consciousness. Shakti is the great goddess and is the energy that makes Shiva go round. If Shiva is utterly transcendent, completely vast, then Shakti is the imminent aspect of Shiva, the way we can actually perceive and experience consciousness. Anthropomorphically speaking, Shakti is the female to Shiva's male, hence the subtitles of these two songs, He Just Danced and She Will Rise. I suppose the genders make these concepts a little easier to understand, which is why they have existed for thousands of years. It's pretty easy to understand the yin-yang male-female dependency of those two concepts. You can't have one without the other. However, in some teachings of yoga, those gender roles aren't the only things to consider. Rather, if we have firmly wrapped our heads around the idea that Shiva is consciousness, and that we are consciousness, and that everything is connected, we can start to understand that Shakti is the energy that makes consciousness expand and contract. It gives us the means in which to experience consciousness. This source energy is sometimes referred to as Kundalini, and Kundalini is the source energy of all energies, the energy of the vibrations that make up consciousness. So how do we experience this energy of Shakti and Kundalini? In yoga teachings, there are many ways we can start to access kundalini energy. In tantra yoga teachings, dating back hundreds of years, each breath is an opportunity to bring energy into the body through the breath, harness it, and manifest it in our hearts, leading to connective states. Hatha yoga and more modern teachings think of the kundalini as a dormant energy trapped in the root of the body, which will release upwards when certain techniques are done by the yogi. And then there's the Quaker technique. <laughs> yes, I said Quaker. What does a 300-year-old, little-known Western religious society have to do with yoga? Actually, there's more overlap than you might think. I'm a yoga practitioner and a practicing Quaker, and I feel at home in both. But does Quakerism have any relevance to Kundalini? You see, a few years back, I was researching Kundalini and came across a mention that it's possible that Quakers experience the rise of Kundalini when they are moved to testify or share during their otherwise completely silent meetings of worship. That's how Quakers, otherwise known as Friends, got the nickname Quakers. See, Friends of old would describe a heart-pounding, almost shivering sensation when they were compelled to share during worship. So much so, people said that they were quote-unquote quaking. So people have extrapolated that the same rising energy that would be moving kundalini in a yoga practitioner might also be what Quakers are experiencing. And as a Quaker and a yogi, I love the sound of that. And it inspired me to write Shakti, which at its essence is a mashup of those three experiences, the tantric yogi, the Hatha Yogi, and the Quaker, all experiencing the rise of Kundalini. The song starts with the Quaker, as I sing, There she sits, on a cold wooden bench, as an arched street friend, silence thick. The next verse begins with the Hatha Yogi. There she sits, 
Legs are crossed and her spine is long. She drops in. It seems all her dreams are now in Sanskrit. And then the chorus is the tantric teachings of Kundalini. She will rise. The serpent coils, but never dormant it lies. With the sun and the moon together, she breathes fire. Back down through the spiral, she will rise. Tantric yogis thought that the energy of Kundalini was never dormant, and they didn't actually think it was a snake-serpent energy either. But it eventually became understood, possibly incorrectly, by Hatha yogis that came later as such an energy. The tantric masters thought that the moon energy of the in-breath, when harnessed in the root of the body and then mixed with the sun-breath of the exhale, created a quote-unquote fire of energy that could rise to the heart and the upper chakras and create awakened states. In the end, I try to bring it all together in the bridge of the song when I sing, He is nothing without her. She is nothing without him. She fell from the heavens to make the whole world spin. See, the dance of Shiva is made possible by the energy of Shakti. All we experience of the universe of consciousness is made possible by this imminent energy of Shakti. This goddess doesn't sit on a throne above us. She descends, opens our eyes, and rises as a gateway to the divine. So there's my inspiration for these two songs, Shiva Shakti. The songs will be available everywhere online soon, and you can always find everything about my music and this podcast at destroyitup.com. Here's another good place for me to give a shout out to two Sanskrit scholars and teachers, Christopher Wallace and Christopher Tompkins, whose lectures and books turned me on to these tantric thoughts and inspired me to take all of these teachings and mash them into one song. So from here, I don't know. I'm honestly not sure where I take this podcast. It's always been a labor of love as I get to combine yoga and rock music and now even Quakerism. I know that there are some people out there listening, and that really makes me smile. I hope it's been an enjoyable listen, whether you are a knowledgeable yogi critiquing what I'm saying, or just a music fan who is a little curious about this yoga thing. Wherever you are on the journey, a deep bow of gratitude to you for listening. Be well, everyone. Jai Rock. Jai roll.